Just choose your seat and sit down. Plenty good room, plenty good room, plenty good room in my father's kingdom. Plenty good room, plenty good room. Just choose your seat and sit down. Plenty good room, plenty good room, plenty good room in my father's kingdom. Plenty good room, plenty good room. Just choose your seat and sit down.
person on the go. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Therapy really is the use of movement to achieve whatever is needed for a person um, to become more happy, more adjusted, uh, to have a feeling of joy in living, to have a more natural use of body movement. Some of the great dance therapists believe that if our bodies learn to move more naturally in a feeling of rhythm and a rhythmic pattern which is normal and healthy and happy, the problems that beset us that are expressed in abnormal movement or unhappy movement or lack of movement or frenetic movement adjust itself with the actual use of good movement. A great dance therapist like Trudy Schutz begins by trying to get her patients move in a normal kind of walk and a happy run or skip or a swinging movement. And if a person is regressed or hasn't moved or won't speak, to begin to move a little more quickly. Or if you have a frenetic patient, one who moves constantly and doesn't stop and goes on and on and faster and faster, learns to kind of slow down a bit and get this natural gait. It's like being sad and looking in a mirror and smiling at yourself, and in spite of yourself, you begin to feel a little happier. I know that for myself and my friends, uh, dance is a way of life, and I see it again in the next generation. I have a little granddaughter who almost never just walks, she always dances. <laughs> She doesn't skip, she almost flies. And her body moves in the direction of any kind of dance. And the thing that I loved first in dance was the fact that it was a nonverbal language that brought people together. And so you can watch a ballerina from Sweden, and you can watch an African dancer, and watch some of the folk dancers from Greece, for instance, and there's an immediate feeling of love and excitement and togetherness that I think no other language except music will give us, except when you do it with your own body, it gives you a personal closeness that nothing else can give you.
Think about how good you're going to look when this is over. And this. This is Nora, and this is your Holistic Health Exercise Album. We're going to get healthy from the inside out. Holistics is a most complete exercise program. And always remember, your outer body is a reflection of the health of your inner body. We're going to begin with a wonderful exercise. It's a yoga exercise, and it stretches every major muscle group in the entire body. And while you're doing this, I'd like you to visualize that you're on a sunny beach and that you can feel the warmth of the sun on your body. And I want you to see how good you can make the stretches feel. And this exercise stretches every major muscle group in the entire body. And I want you to try to make it feel good. And we begin in A and stand comfortably with your hands together. And then inhale and stretch your arms upward and back as in D. Now exhale as in C. And then forward. And if possible, bring your head to your knees. And try to put your hands on the ground beside your feet. And now D. Inhale and step backward with one leg. While keeping the other foot between your hands. Look upward. And now E, bring the other leg back so that you're supported by your arms and your feet. And now F, from the board position, you're going to exhale, drop your knees and chest to the floor, and your buttocks will be in the air. I know it's a bit awkward, but it's great for your spine. Now inhale into position G. This is a cobra. It's great for your back. Straighten the arms and look upward. That's good for your thyroid gland. Now H. Exhale and lift into a triangle. Try to keep your heels on the ground. And now I. Step back up between your hands. As you inhale. Arms on the Inhaling. Bring the other foot between the hands as you step upward, and if possible, bring the head to the knees. Now, head. Inhale and raise the arms upward and stretch back. And now, L, exhale. And bring the hands together in front of the body, and you return to the first position. This feels wonderful. It's a great stretch. It's wonderful to wake yourself up with this exercise in the morning.
Magnolia, Tiny Ginsburg, Woo Woo. Seven sound this weekend, the Marcells and Blue Moon. The Marcells with the numbers.
dancing today, many of whom began dancing as children. As a teacher of dance to children, what do you think is a sensible age for children to begin, you know, to begin studying dance? Well, this is something that I really had investigated many, many years ago. When I came back to Chicago from my work in California with the Spartan Dance Group, I began teaching older children, nine, ten, and up. And eventually, more of the younger ones came, more and more young ones, and I was not satisfied with the way I was teaching. I didn't feel comfortable with the little children. And I looked around to see what my colleagues were doing with the younger ones because more and more were coming in. And they weren't doing any better than I did. So I had to look in to see what we could do. Would you say young, younger ones about uh, how old? Oh, the six, seven, five-year-olds too. And uh, they, what we did with the ballet or with the strict modern did not apply to the little children, really. And then I became involved at the University of Chicago Nursing School doing experimental work to find the best age for teaching children. The uh, technical facilities can be mastered very comfortably between the ages of eight and eight and a half to compensate for all that would go from five to eight. So why bother with just a technique? But at the same time, I did notice What's the matter with the team? The team's all right. What's the matter with the team? The team's all right. Well, who said so? Everybody. Well, who said so? Everybody. Well, who is everybody? Rocky High. Well, who's everybody? Rocky High. Rock, 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 Rocky High. the semantic bear trap of bad taste. And actually, I do have, and I will always be accused of bad taste by the people who eat in restaurants to reserve service, you know, that kind of scene to anyone, yeah. But you might be interested in how I became offensive. <laughs> uh, like, started in school with um, uh, drinking and... Uh, I was really, I was like a real depressed kid, and, you know, and seven, eight years old, and I'd really get juiced and get out of my house. And uh, so the teacher would really get bumped, you know, with, with me singing and carrying on uh, and calling Columbus a faint and, uh, and, and boosting Aaron Burr and all that. Offense is offense. It's uh, semantic. There are words that offend me. Uh, Governor Farbus, 
Segregation offend me. Uh, nighttime television offends me. Some night uh, The shows that exploit homosexuality, narcotics, and prostitution under the guise of helping societal problems. And the, except like for a few shows, one guy on the coast got like a nutty sense of humor. And he found out, big like there were kids. It's uh, their semantics. There are words that offend me. Uh, let's see, Governor Farbus, segregation offend me. Uh, nighttime television offends me. Some nighttime television. <laughs> uh, the shows that exploit homosexuality, narcotics, and prostitution under the guise of helping societal problems. And the, except like for a few shows, one guy on the coast got like a nutty sense of humor. He found out, big like there were kids that eight and nine years old that were sniffing airplane glue <laughs> to, uh, to get high on, you know. And uh, so I had sort of a fantasy how it happened. The kid is alone in his room, and it's Saturday. The child is played by George McCready. <laughs> well, let's see now. I'm all alone in the room, and it's Mother's away, and what'll I do that's good and hot?
$21.67. So take a look, take a ride before you decide. Hurry on down to Wide Track Town, your Pontiac dealers, and get your new Pontiac. Only $21.67. Now. <laughs> Some people want to see my blood rush out. And all this want to watch while I cry. I heard somebody say once I was way too black. And someone answered she's not black enough for me. I bought my tongue and it burst it back. I bought a house on the neighbor's phone. I had a dog but it was so Work and play. 
like Hercules. Just like General Motors, he's got lots of steady Real gone, daddy. Sure looks good to me. Every time he smiles, a thrill comes over me. A real gone,
download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio or download. It's six o'clock, everybody. It's Monday night. It's time for the joke workshop here on Monday, every 6 to 8 p.m. or whenever. Uh, hi, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, and we are going to have a bunch of great comics tonight. Um, if you have burning comments, then we can give comments. If you don't, let's, you know, we'll just move it along. And your first comedian of the night uh, wanted to run their new opening, so put your hands together for Pam Benjamin. Yay! I I'm so excited to be here tonight with you guys. This is really great. Hi, welcome. Hi, come on in. Uh, my name is Pam. We're going to strap in. We're going to learn a lot of things tonight. Yeah, we're going to learn about feminism. We're going to learn about drugs. Yeah, we're going to learn about abortions, friends. It's going to be a magical, magical journey. So I invite you all to look under your seats and take the mushroom cap underneath there and made you look. Yeah, you love drugs, I can tell. Woo! What's your favorite drug? Comedy? Comedy's not a drug. Boo! Oh my god, the endorphins. I guess when you're as old as you are, you need endorphins from anywhere. So it's like, just keep me alive. Laughing. If I'm laughing, I'm breathing and I'm still alive. That's a good drug. Oxygen, oxygen. That might be the best drug for you at this point. Any other favorite drugs out there? Alcohol is a drug. I learned that after my DUI and going to a bunch of classes. Indeed, alcohol is a drug, a legal drug. But uh, I'm a responsible drinker. Uh, that's why I decided to never have children. Yay. I love drugs. I never want to have kids. Hooray. My favorite drug's actually called midazolam. None of you love drugs enough. Midazolam is a benzodiazepine. It's a short-lived, fast-acting benzodiazepine. It's like a super valium. It's like lorazepam or diazepam. Doctors actually call them the two-pam family. Give them two-pam. I love benzos. Woo! I do. I love benzos so much. I love them so much. Usually, they give you midazolam when you get an abortion. That's when you usually get that five-minute happy, great feeling, oh, and I only have one regret about my second abortion. So they've given me the midazolam, my feet are up in the stirrups, the doctor's looking very kind-faced between my legs, and he says, Pam, um, this is a five-minute procedure, and some people talk, and some people don't talk. And I said, has anyone ever told jokes? <laughs> For realsies, I told jokes during my second abortion. They did! Oh my God, it was a killer five. It was, woo, it was a bringer show. I left it there. Uh, but the only regret I have about my second abortion is they wouldn't let me take my phone in, so I couldn't tape the set. So was it life-changing? Were those the best jokes I've ever told? What jokes did I tell? I can't remember. Do I care? Not really. That's the only regret I have about my second abortion. Like, cool my new like silly little opening thing. Uh, one more thing about drugs. I can tell, I can guess how all of you smoke pot. You have a bong in your trunk, I can tell. Is this true? You have a water pipe in your back pocket, break it out. You smell like bong water, that's good. I feel like uh, Ezra in the back, you, you roll the most perfect expert spliffs 
Like I feel like there's a pencil, there's like a tool that you use to make them tight. Like tight, like tight. What I've been trying to do, keep it tight. Cool. Uh, I, or your next comedian, I know how she smokes pot. She's got a tiny pipe, and she takes little tiny bits of weed, little itty bitty bits, she puts it in, and then she smokes it right before every show. <laughs> itty bitty tiny. <laughs> she's super cute and super wonderful, and she smokes a lot of pot. Put your hands together for your first comedian, everybody, Lauren Kraut. Yay! Thank you. I got uh, some new jokes and some new jokes. And uh, do you think cavemen needed eight hours of sleep? And if they did, how did they figure that out? What was eight hours? These are the things that are keeping me up in the middle of the night. I wrote, I wrote this down at 2.13 a.m. It's fucking, fucking crazy. Don't ever say to a comedian after you've uh, after they've done a uh, after they've done a set, did you have fun? <laughs> don't don't say that. Don't say or how do you think it went? Unless you're already knee deep in the discussion of how they th thought it went, and you're, you're already asking all these other questions. But if you just see them after a show. Or after they've gone up and you say, did you have fun? That's a dead giveaway that you either did not see the, sh the set or you thought it was terrible. And either one is a terrible thing, so don't do it. That's just a um, PSA. Um, have you ever noticed that the expression, has it ever happened before, comes in handy more often than not? Has it ever happened before? It's kind of like a diagnostic tool that doctors use when you tell them, uh, my eye is all red. Has it ever happened before? No. All right, that's not it. I just, that just came out of me in the middle of the night on Saturday. Um, somebody said to me, it's not meant to be understood. It's one of those types of experiences. That's all. I don't know. Uh, what else do we have? How we talk is pretty amazing when you think about it. You get an idea, an impulse, a desire to express yourself, to say something to somebody. The words come out of your mouth. It's magic. It's like a thought goes to, to out of your mouth and then it's words. And then the great thing is that you understand what I'm saying. But the fun part is when you don't understand what I'm saying, when miscommunication has happened. You misunderstand what I'm saying, and I'm talking gibberish. And that made me think of what was the, the first caveman who talked? How weird was that? And it was, wasn't even real communication because it wasn't, it wasn't a common language yet. It was more pointing and ugh, and like, okay. That's another one that came out at, at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, how about some real jokes? How about... <laughs> How about a song? Um, oh, I hate to have an existential crisis. Thank you. When I'm on stage in front of all of you, questioning life's meaning and its purpose, not finding any and letting you all down. Okay. 
oh, I hate to have an existential crisis when none of my jokes and I premises work. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Lauren Kraut, everyone, has been thinking a lot about cavemen. Hooray. All right, your next comedian coming up. Put your hands together, everybody, for Spencer Devine. <laughs> were tickets to this open mic one billion dollars ah, we're so lucky ah, i'm so excited i'm having a baby ah, no 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 don't take me out i want to see where this goes thematically ah, ah, calm down okay we only have so much time guess what chicken butt all right vibe check complete we can get into the comedy uh, I have a good, so this is a, uh, an impression I wrote today, okay, so, uh, this is my impression of a penguin, okay, and he's doing the song, I Know What Boys Like. And some people might be like, Spencer. That's an impression of a duck doing uh, a song by the way. Oh, but <coughs> completely different. Get out of here. The government's trying to kill us all, okay? Don't leave the tags on your mattresses. That's how they track you. Throw that out the window. If you see a ladder, walk right under that ladder. It's their fault for putting it there. You know, if I lived with a black cat, though, I'd fucking cross that motherfucker's path all the time. That cat has enough power over my life. I don't need to give it where I go as well. And uh, people might be like, oh, the, the country is run by lizard people. You would notice if there was a lizard person, okay? Just look out, and if you see someone running from the sun to the shade and just freezing, <laughs> you know, doing a weird blinky thing. It's very obvious. If someone has their tail cut off <laughs> and it regrows, lizard person. Uh, who here's a dog person, huh? And I mean a fan of dogs and not half dogs. Okay. Uh, notice how everyone who, d you know, everyone who responded, great. You're judging the people who didn't respond because that's way more serious of a question now than it used to be. It used to be like, oh, do you like dogs? I like dogs. Fine. Wonderful. We can go on with our day. Now it's like, do you like dogs? Because they want to know if you're a sociopath and if they can trust you. If you don't like dogs, it's a test. If someone wants to know if you're a cat 